Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am so excited that you're here. We're coming to the end of 2022, getting close to Christmas, and I'm really excited to be sharing this conversation with you with my friend Sherry Briggs. Sherry is the founder of A Bridge of Hope in San Diego, a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to strengthening families that are in the midst of transition. And by transition, that can mean a lot of different things. It can mean escaping domestic violence or uh, coming out of homelessness or drug addiction. It can mean uh, being a refugee. There's so many refugees in San Diego from countries all over the world that find themselves uh, with a lot of trauma in a country where they don't speak the language and are just trying to survive. Bridge of Hope comes alongside people in those very vulnerable places and provides care and basic necessities and community. And it was birthed out of Sherry's own story. I don't want to give it away, but this is a beautiful testimony of God's um, redemption, of His grace. Uh, Her story has a lot of heartache in it and a lot of uh, miraculous uh, redemption in it. And you're going to hear things that might even challenge how you see sharing your faith. And uh, you'll hear how simple acts like providing pots and pans or basic necessities to people can be the very thing that bring them into an awareness of and relationship with Jesus. So um, I encourage you to really listen, to take notes, to go to the Lord with the things that you hear. I guarantee you, you will be encouraged you will be challenged and transformed by this conversation in the sacred space. Sherry Briggs, hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thank you. Thanks I'm for having me. So excited that you're here. So you are the founder of Bridge of Hope in San Diego, and yes. that's an incredible ministry that's doing amazing things. And so I I want to talk about all of it. Okay. <laughs> so wherever you'd like mm-hmm. to start, I would yeah. love for you to share your story. Okay. Um, but you can start wherever you want. You can start with Bridge of Hope, what you do, and, and the things, the ministry that, that God's giving you, um, where that started, your okay. personal story. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think our listeners should hear it all. So wherever oh. you want to start. Okay, awesome. Well... Um, yeah, I was a single mom that was starting out on my own, um, put my foot on the path to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, was waiting on tables, and um, I just needed help. I yeah. needed practical help back then. I didn't, I didn't have a, a, a backup plan. I just knew I needed to follow the Lord at this point mm-hmm. and um, give my son a different life than I had. I was raised in an alcoholic home. Yeah, me too. Also a cult. Mm-hmm. Mm. Until I was 19. Wow. Um, I had been married to a, a man in the cult, um, and it was a very abusive relationship, very fitting to my upbringing. Yeah. And um, when my dad had gotten sober uh, and and kind of turned his life over to the Lord, the light started coming on about mm. really what was what my life had been and the relationship I was in, and it was a complete um, redo of my childhood, basically. Wow. Um, and so um, I began to, um, and and in that marriage, I had lost a child. Wow. I had had a, a baby um, born prematurely and lost that child, mm-hmm. and so as I I um, I had. God freed me of that marriage. Um, basically, I had been praying and asking the Lord to, to release me, but wasn't going to go um, because I was bound to this, you know, my vow to the Lord in that marriage. And, yeah. and he came to me. He had been unfaithful. And so I was released. Wow. Praise God. And then at that point, I began to, you know, serve serve the Lord in how I knew how, but how, coming out of a cult mentality and all that I had been raised in, it mm. was very confusing. So yeah. Little steps, little steps. Um, And then I found myself in a relationship with a man um, and got pregnant Hmm. right away. And it was that child Hmm. 
Nathan, who um, brought me to a place where, yes, I'm going to surrender and serve the Lord. So I'd put my foot on the path, single mom, determined to serve God and to break the, that generational yeah. programming and yeah. not pass it on to Him. Yeah. So in that process of full surrender, uh, God began to meet me in meeting my basic needs. So it's like I needed a bed. I needed pots and pans. I needed a, a table. I needed just to, you know, to, to, to have what I needed for my son. Um, and he began to meet me in those practical ways. Mm-hmm. And because of those things coming in, yeah. I saw that he loved me. I saw wow. that he was intimately involved in my mm-hmm. life, that this, this father-daughter relationship was beginning. And so uh, as he began to continue to provide for us, I just took note of that, how important yeah. that was, how, mm-hmm. how it was. When, when you hear somebody say, you know, they see your need and they say, oh, I'll pray for you or man, well, you know, you made your, made your bed, you're going to have to sleep in it yeah, or, right. or whatever that is. Not took, helpful. Yeah, it wasn't helpful. I just needed some practical help, right? Yeah, right? And so when I began to take note of those things and seeing God provide, I just really felt like that was something God was planting in me for the future. Yeah. So fast forward after that, I'm a single parent, walking with Jesus, learning the ways of the Lord, um, and I met my husband, yeah. who I have now. And... Um, we have we had his mine and ours, so we have um, we had five kids all together, and we were walking with Jesus and and um, got involved in ministry and got involved in a, running a woman's home recovery up in Oregon, and I get again to see more of the vision of what God gave me of these women that had put their foot on the path yeah. and had 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 given their lives to Jesus, walked away from their from their um, drugs and alcohol and and just how they they needed practical help too um, yeah. at some point. And well, so, let me yeah, stop you because yeah, yeah. man, you just I know so many yeah. <laughs> things. We could do like six podcasts yeah, 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 yeah. on so many things you hit yeah. on, but I want I just want to pause for a minute because okay. there's so much significance in every step of your story. Mm-hmm. And I love that you even um recognized, like you said, you started serving Jesus, but this mentality of the cult that you grew up in informed how you started serving him, right? And mm. so it was probably very, I need to do this so that I can be here, like yes. I'm worthy, you know? And, and yes. But I, I also love the fact that God's loves tender loving kindness and his patience with us and in mm. how he brings us along, right? He met you. Yes. You you were kind of in this thing trying to serve. You ended up in a relationship, but God ye- redeems that relationship with this baby that then brings you back, right? Yes. The, the process of redemption is is messy and mm. not linear, but it's so sweet mm-hmm. with the intimate intentionality how Jesus met you in those places. And then to bring you to that place, I think sometimes we so long for some supernatural, like, you know, encounter with the Holy Spirit, radical. And those things are beautiful. But for you, just somebody giving you some pots and pans was such a radical demonstration of care. Yes. That you were seen, that you were known, and that you were loved. And so I I think is the church that's so significant for us to understand, like we don't need to give someone the four spiritual laws yeah, or yeah. the Roman's road or like, you know what I mean? Like yes, there, when right. Jesus said, give a cup of water in my name, yes. like there is, there is anointing and power in that act yes. of sweet, mm. unattached, unencumbered demonstration of love. Yes. Right? You said that so well. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, so good. That's, that's it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's what drew me to him. Yeah. That made me trust him. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Let's a little say law on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to. No, I just I wanted that. to Thank stop you. for a moment. So mm-hmm. here you are, you're mm-hmm. in a new marriage. You yeah. are seeing now um, that need. Yes. It wasn't just yours. You, God's brought you, but now you know that there's so many people in that same place that yes. you were. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I took note of that. Yeah. And um, and then we had a huge car crash happen while we were in ministry up in 1999. All my children were flown from the car. Oh, my gosh. We, we should have all died that day. It was a huge crash. Wow. Um, 
But as in that moment, after I had flown out of the car and my husband was underneath the van, um, unconscious, my children were laid out like ducks next to me on this mm-hmm. road. They'd, we'd flown about 50 feet and hit the concrete. Wow. Something rose up inside of me that day. Um, well, the first words out of my mouth was, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I felt this supernatural moment mm-hmm. where... I saw God literally save our lives, mm-hmm. that the Spirit of the living God raised up in this body. It's mm, good. It wasn't me. Yeah. It was, that was the biggest miracle. My children were alive. My husband were alive. We had some issues to deal with. However, the Spirit of God was alive so much in me in that moment. He took over, and I, like, I, I went, I don't know, my faith catapulted <laughs> like a rocket. And I just felt like I experienced the power of God that dwells within us, that takes over in the in the day of trouble or whatever. So, at that point, after we all long story, but we'll just make it short. After all of that, we were like, "What do you want us to do, Lord?" Hmm. We're like, we just experienced the supernatural power of God. This the parting of the Red Sea. Okay, we're alive. What do you want us to do? And so, at that point, we were just yes people. So good. And so we were running, we were part of this ministry, but God began to give me vision and I began to fill my journals just kind of in the secret place of Mm -hmm. this place that would have things that people need. Like God met me in those pots and pans and beds and and linens and clothes. And people would, uh, and so basically would be housing these things and, and, and people would we would be able to access those that were in need like I was. So I began to dream and vision and visions, wake up in the middle of the night and draw pictures of this mm-hmm. place for a few years. Hmm. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Waiting and praying. And, wow. and I asked the Lord, do I, do I share? No, this is just, just mm. with you and me right now. We're just dreaming and vis- you know, vision was coming. That's so important. I, I, yeah. I love that because I think there can be a lot of pressure for people that, um, if they have an idea or a dream, then it needs to it needs to be birthed mm. in a certain way in a certain time, and if it isn't, then it's not. You know. Um, yeah. And I love that that you you were able to take the time to dream. And I love that you said that. No, this is I'm not telling anyone. This is between you and me, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes. That's where it needs to stay. Yes. Right? When a when a baby's in the mama's womb, it's there there's a reason for that nine months. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know, that's that, so good. That forming and mm-hmm. that knitting together yes. and and that that um you know, let's take another analogy, like the seed under the soil, mm-hmm. that germination. There's there's so much that happens under the soil before it ever breaks. The yes. surface, right? There's so much that's happening under the soil, yes, right? right? And that's, um, I think, a lot of us oftentimes, especially nowadays, we're we're just impatient, and there's so much mm. we want to see now, and the patience to let that germinate and yes. let the work be done underground, yes, before it breaks. You yes, know, the soil. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just felt like it was something too. Um, the Lord, you know, His way is perfect. So His time mm-hmm. is perfect. So He knew I was. I mean, we just we'd had a car accident where there was some things we had to still dealing with. I yeah. was a mother. Mm-hmm. Like His way is easy. Yeah. Right. His yoke is easy. So. He's a gentle and good dad, and yeah. I had learned that over the years. Like he's giving this vision, but let it let me build the house, Sherry. Yeah, let me good. build the house. Mm-hmm. And so, years of dreaming and filling out, filling in my journals. Um, it was one day at a prayer meeting in 2004 where um, these women asked me and invited me to come. And I'm now I'm not in Oregon anymore. I'm here in San Diego, and uh, they wanted to pray for me. Can we pray for you at the end of the service? Anyway, so they had a word of knowledge, Mm -hmm. and they saw and were praying and seeing the things that were in my journals that no one knew Mm, about. So good. And so I, they go, do you know what we're talking about? Does this yeah. make sense? I go, oh, yeah, it does. And that's what so I needed. Good. I trusted the Lord. And so I went home and I said, honey, I think we're going to start this thing. He goes, what are we going to start? Yeah. <laughs> I go, well, I kind of shared because I hadn't shared much. Mm-hmm. 
just because I really wanted to hear the Lord and wait yeah. for Him. And he's, he goes, well, what do we, how? And I go, I don't know. And then I asked the Lord, do I find the women that are in this need and then first and then find the stuff or find the stuff and then the find the women? He goes, don't worry about it. Yeah. And good. it just somehow mm-hmm. I began to connect with the women that were in need and God would provide and 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 open the door for a Bible for me to lead a Bible study with women coming out off the streets and yeah. and from there it just became it's been seventeen years so wow yeah that's amazing and um, so you you guys um, you serve like you said single women women who come out of domestic violence you also serve refugees yes and yeah can you talk a little sure. bit about the different just the people that God's brought and what yes, yes. the fruit that you've seen and how the things that God's been doing yeah well one of the one of the directions the Lord had given us early on I want to point out is that we George Mueller was to be my um, mentor in this process mm-hmm. so he was the father of orphans yeah and he um, in the 1800s and he didn't ask man, or he didn't, like he'd say, I didn't ask man for anything. I asked God and he prayed and God would provide. And so we were called into that. Um, That's how this ministry has been run as waiting on the Lord to build and provide. And as we go about his pace. Um, So we started just with, not just, but with women like myself who um, starting over. And then when we moved to City Heights in 2007, which happens to be one of the largest refugee resettlement areas in the in the whole country. Really? Yes. Wow. Which is downtown, close to downtown San Diego. Yeah. Uh, when when we we moved there in 2007, it busted open hmm. to be this whole other thing that the Lord had planned. Yeah. That he invited us into. He saw the need of the refugee. He saw the need of the immigrant and the and and the. And the those who have suffered greatly in war. So not only were we serving women and children in transition, what you were saying, you know, coming out of homelessness, recovery, domestic violence, but now it was refugees. Wow. And in 2007, I met my first refugee family on the street. On the, they lived two doors down from our building that we had there. And uh, within uh, a month, I knew 100 people from Uganda. Wow. And then from there, I knew the nation's. We're coming to this little driveway on 38th Street where we were. We had our shop. Just to, we, we had thought we were just storing furniture there. Yeah. But we ended up becoming kind of a community center. Wow. On a slanted driveway in a little 900-square-foot shop. And every week, more and more people from all over the world, from Iraq, from Burma, from um, Uganda, from Congo, from Ethiopia, I mean, con- on and on. Wow. All kinds of people. And it was, became this beautiful, messy, crazy hmm. thing we never planned. Yeah. But God did. Yeah. <laughs> so we just kept rolling with it and rolling he with it. He does that, doesn't he? Yeah, it was wild. I don't think I could have ever dreamed of what he had in mind. Yeah. So how has this journey, um, how has it changed you? Mm. Wow, that's a really good question. Well, I think um, I've learned so much. I knew early on I I didn't know anything. (laughs) I really didn't know anything about cross-culture. I I didn't know anything about a lot of things. Yeah. And I just think I, God was bringing me in to come kind of under and into my new community who was going to teach me. Yeah, no, that's good. Unpack that a little bit, because I think, mm. I think it's easy for us in America, with the relative ease with which mm-hmm. we live, yeah, to make a lot of assumptions when we see people who yes. are refugees or from other countries, yes, and we decide what they need, yes, what they should do, how yes. they should respond, you know, etc. Mm-hmm. So. I, I love that you said that, that that you didn't know 
but you also didn't assume and you postured yourself in a place of actually learning from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that really matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that really, um, when people are shown honor and value and worth, regardless of Mm -hmm. their their stage of life or their trauma Mm -hmm. or their ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, that opens some doors. So yeah, can you talk through some of that, yeah. the complexities of that mm. and what that looked like being, you know? Yes. Well, I guess the first story that comes to mind is I'm in my building there on a new building um, on 38th Street, downtown City Heights. Um, I'm trying to keep this thing going, hustling, running in and out of this building, unloading my furniture, on, you know, Kind of doing it as a lone ranger, and my neighbor next door from Mexico comes over. She goes, she doesn't. She spoke only Spanish. I spoke only English. You need help. No, I'm fine. I got this. No, you need help. She said, "You need help to you." Yeah, and she walked in and started working for me. Hmm. And then she became my teacher <laughs> <laughs> because that was her neighborhood. Right. No, that's good. That was her neighborhood. I I was new here. I didn't, yeah. you know? And then when I met my first refugee family in 2007, it was like a holy encounter where this man, beautiful man named Simon Bueo, and he had 14 of his family members in a two-bedroom house that wow. come from so much war. It just a whole incredible story. And he looked at me, and his eyes were so weighty and wise. And I just kind of trembled, and I'm like, okay, like, we're here. I realized in that moment we're here for the refugee, but really, I need I need you. Your faith has been literally tried by fire. Yeah, yeah. I need to learn from you. Yeah. And he became really my mentor in many ways. Wow. Um, and when he would say to me, Sherry, God is on your side, I believed him. Hmm. <laughs> because his life literally was tested by fire, and he was standing and praising the Lord. Wow. And it was not an easy road, and it would not be an easy road just because they're on American soil. Yeah. It was going to get hard in a whole new way. Right. So I think those moments, I just saw, like, I know nothing. Yeah, it's good. And But I want to be, I'm here, God put me here, and I just began to learn and be open and be taught and look to them for for the things I needed to learn how to serve in that community. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's been challenging. Oh, for sure. I mean, I only speak English. I, I can't even get even a, I don't know what's wrong with my brain. I think, to God, <laughs> did you plan that on purpose? Because I've learned the language of the power of love mm. and just the humility yeah. of just like loving someone, the smile, like being there, being yeah. present, yeah. hearing, seeing with my eyes, like just people, like those things have meant a lot yeah. without the language. That's a supernatural thing. Yeah. You know, so... And then just trying, and, and then being continually going into people's homes, sitting and eating with them, putting myself in places of just being with people and learning, um, is is kind of what I determined to do. Yeah. And um, and I have built friendships with people from all over the world. Um, it it it's, it takes a lot of energy to try to communicate sometimes, and you've got people talking to you from all different parts of you know languages or. From all over the world, and but you just keep there, knowing you're there, and 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 um, being present, and again believing in the power of love. Yeah, I guess. No, it's um, good. I don't really know. Um, I think it's been just God's grace that and gift to me. Yeah, uh, because these 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 beautiful relationships have become probably the most caring. Um, for me and my family, they've taught me about the power of being together, yeah. breaking bread together, sitting with no agenda, taking your time to really eat someone's food, to to listen, to worship together, to not be in a hurry. Yeah, they've taught me family. You know, I grew up in an alcoholic home. I grew up yeah. where in a, in a whole different. They taught me really the power of community. Hmm. See, I didn't have community. Yeah. I now have a community. Wow. 
that's very deep in their culture. Yeah. I didn't have that here mm. growing up in America. Yeah. I think even if I didn't grow up in an alcoholic home, it just wouldn't have been, it's just not something we have. Yeah. They, this is something they bring here. Yeah, it's good. And we can learn. This yeah. is like the most holiest times I think for them, they say, we're in refugee camps. There's nothing. They're hungry. It's so hard. Yet they have each other. Yeah. They found community in the worst places. They found hope and love in times of deep intimacy with Jesus in the darkest places. Yeah, that's good. It wasn't about a nice house, Yeah, having a nice car to go home. It wasn't about, it was whatever. It was them. It was people Yeah, that kept them alive. Yeah. That's what they've taught me. Wow. That's so good. Yeah, I think we've reduced spiritual community to going to a building on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning and singing a couple of up songs and having a couple announcements, <laughs> maybe doing a group, you know, like that's, right. we've kind of defined what community yes, looks like. Yes. And I think there's a whole new invitation yes. into relationship, yes. right? Because we're made, for, so we're made for relationship. Yes. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Relationship with Jesus first, God, Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's all relationship, mm-hmm. vertical and horizontal. Mm-hmm. And... I think we don't know how to do that here. Right. Well, desperation creates that motivation for that. Yeah, it's good. So mm. we haven't been, we've been okay, pretty, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you got money in the bank and, and you're sick, you're going to go to the doctor. You're not yeah. maybe going to call your neighbor. Yeah. Right? Or you can have insurance. But when you're sick and you're, say, in a community where and you don't have anything or you're in a refugee camp, you're not you're gonna go to your brothers and sisters to pray for you and sit with you and care for you. Yeah. So these things have come and have been they have been so rich yeah. in relationship and dependence on each other. It's it's life changing to, yeah. to be a part of that now. Yeah. And I've always said to them too, I'm like really clearly, God brought you all here to America to teach us yeah, things good. that we just don't have here, that God, it's its Him. It's His Holy Spirit. We need what you have. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, so, so yeah. good. So what does it look like now? The ministry's grown yeah. exponentially. Yeah. Your family, you know, you guys are in a different place. You know, that was a long time ago when you had the car accident. A lot's happened. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what do things look like now? And what's God teaching you now? Well, um, it's been 17 years. And we, like you said, we've continued to grow. Um, We have, you know, there's just a great rhythm Mm-hmm. That's formed um, where we started on that drive, those that driveway on Thirty Eighth Street, just being a community and putting out chairs and a foosball table if someone donated this or that or doing art with kids is now a real place. Yeah, it's a it's a like a it's like a playground mm, and lots of tables and chairs. It's, we've created that community place that's real safe that the Lord has given us there, um, and so. All the little pieces now have become a, a real moving machine that's there. Yeah. And yeah, and so with lots of we do a big food distribution every week where our clothing closet's open. We serve over 70 agencies in San Diego, bringing wow. their clients from all over the county that are needing this type of practical help. Yeah. And the goal is and the hope is that in the gospel of pots and pans, yeah. people will see that Jesus sees them, yeah, that He so loves them. That he, he this is a one-time thing with you know a visit to our kitchen area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but forever, He's the living water. I so the that. hope is exactly how He met me is what we are providing that they would see Him. So lots of opportunity to meet people, to pray for people, to 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 share our hope, to 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 for them to come on our property and see the things that we've painted out or written out that, that just kind of declare why we're there and yeah. it's operating and 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 growing and um I believe even now God's creating even more vision for for myself personally so fast forward my son um passed away my beautiful Nathan who um I was he was my child who God used to really bring me to him, he passed away in a diving accident six yeah. years ago. 
as a result of that, my heart is, I've changed in many ways of like, I now, um, I'm working with families that, uh, well, and I've been surrounded all along, but I'm working more intimately one-on-one with families and individuals who have lost children, lost spouses. And that is something that I'm now wanting to create and give to them how God, again, took my tragedy, met me in certain ways, and has been working in my heart and giving me spaces to heal. Now I'm, 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 I'm doing that for others. So, so if you're willing, um, yeah, would you be willing to share your journey? I mean, that's a, that's, I think every parent's worst nightmare, Mm -hmm. you know, God had demonstrated his love and care for you so many ways. Mm -hmm. And so when you're faced with something like that, I'm sure your faith and everything is, is challenged and all the things you thought, you know, maybe or not, or you're having to wrestle with all that. And I, um, whatever you would Mm -hmm. be willing to share in that story, because I think there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of people are going through a lot of pain in life and a lot of brokenness, a lot of loss. And sometimes I don't think there's permission to wrestle and to struggle and to know that God is a safe place even with your doubt and your hurt and your anger and your pain and all of those yes. things. So mm. uh, whatever you're Yes, I would love to share. to share. Thank you. Um, so I'll never forget the day my son died. It was June 3rd, 2015, and one of my families from Iraq had just returned from visiting their family back in Iraq and brought me gifts. Mm. And then after that, I had a beautiful time with her. And then I, I, I was invited to a new Burundian family's house or apartment in town, and they were serving me fish for lunch. Mm. Well, at the same time, my son was dying, catching a fish mm. in Agua Verde, Mexico, about 20 hours down, Baja. And I say that because it's just when you look back on those days, it's like, oh, just the what was going on that day? Well, it was yeah. just like kind of an interesting day and actually yeah. a beautiful day. But that night, 10 o'clock at night, my husband's son, our son Eric, came to the house and said, you know, called and um, said, called me, I need to talk to dad. And um, basically I'm like, dear, dad's asleep, honey. And he goes, well, I need to talk to him. And so I gave the phone to Brew and Eric was outside and he wanted my husband to go outside. And um, so I'm thinking, oh, what happened to Eric? Did he break up with his girlfriend? Like, oh, no. So I'm just in the house getting ready to go to bed. And my husband goes outside, comes back in, and he says, Sherry, I have something to tell you. I go, what? And he's like, I go, is Eric okay? Yeah, Eric's fine. It's Nathan. Mm. Not in a million, not in a million years. Would I have ever thought that I would hear the news I would hear was going to hear? Yeah. Not for a second. Yeah. Because I'm God's daughter. Yeah. Really, yeah. I had, he had adopted me. Yeah. He knew me so well. He created me to be this mother. Yeah. He he gave me my son that changed my life. Why would yeah. I know? Yeah. And sure enough, my husband said Nathan didn't make it. He drowned. I'm so sorry. And at that moment, I literally, what comes out of a mother's mouth, the sounds, the rage, the pain, I just flailed my body around that house. I I lost, I I mean, it's it's unnatural. It is not the way God created us. We are made to protect our children and do everything we can. We give our life for them. This is not anything that even fits. Yeah. With our DNA. Yeah. So uh, my, basically my son, we, long story short, we were able to get his body back from Mexico, thank God, and to my home. Mm-hmm. And we brought him home. He'd been passed for three days. They brought him home and we had him with us for about 12 hours. And I got to sit with him and rub his hair and 
be with him. And actually, that was the best thing I could have ever done. And then um, they took him away. And I began the process of living in shock and completely undone and actually feeling like not only had I lost my son, I lost my Jesus. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. I lost my safe place. I trusted him. Yeah. I trusted him. Yeah. And now he's gone. Hmm. My son's gone. So it was a year and a half, a year and a half where I was so lost and hurt. But where was I going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just felt like the Lord had so sweetly let me know he was always there. Mm-hmm. But giving me space. Yeah. Like I go in my backyard and I feel like he would be across the yard, like, I'm here. Take your time. Mm-hmm. So good. And then it, over here, just wherever I was, I'm here. I'm here. Take your time. Mm-hmm. And I just lived in that for about a year and a half, or I was just, and I'd go away to Lori's house. She gave me a space to go and stay in a tree house, or I'd go here, I'd go there, and just holding on, wrestling, crying out. I Nature, just I needed to be in nature, I needed to be away, and I just crying out, crying out. But yet still, my heart was so not okay, yeah. trusting or yielded, until one day I went down to Mexico, and uh, just over the border, somebody had given me a home to go to, and it was there for four days, and I was just writing and writing, and I just felt like I was just kind of purging all this stuff. And I wasn't, though, still hearing anything that was giving me peace mm-hmm. until the last hour before I was to leave. I suddenly heard, and when you hear the Lord speak, it changes everything. Yeah. And I heard him say, I have compassion on you. I see you. Mm-hmm. And those words were his words because they changed everything. Hmm. It's not like somebody could say, oh, God has compassion on you. Oh, God's with you. No, no. He said to me, hmm. yeah. I see you. I yeah. have compassion on you. And when he said that, all of a sudden I just kind of sat up. And I'm, I was like, wait, what, what, what? Hmm. And he's like, I see you. And, and then he brought the, quickly to my mind the story of Jesus seeing the widow in the distance hmm. and her son had passed, and he saw her, and the word for compassion, he had compassion on her. That same word is the word for intestine. Hmm. And here I had been plagued with problems in my gut since my son died, and here my Lord has compassion on this widow and in his gut, yeah. that he would go and raise her son from the dead because of her, his compassion. And when he said, I have compassion on you, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh. Hmm. So then I said, Lord, if this is you, I, mean, I went on a walk up the street, up the hill and back, and it's a mile up and a mile back. And I'm like, okay, okay, if, you, if this is you, I mean, if this is really you, because that means if you're with me in my pain, like you're, you're with me, you're like really with me. If this is you, let this, this, there was a hawk flying above me, just swirling, swirling above me as I'm walking. And he'd go over to the left of the pasture and come back over on top of me and kind of swirling. I said, if this is you, let this hawk stay with me this whole time. I need this song. <laughs> and literally the hawk stayed with me for the whole way up and the whole way back until I went in the house. And he was showing me the hawk is surveying. He's mm-hmm. watching. He's paying attention. He's seeing everything. That's yeah. me, Sherry. Yeah. I'm seeing everything. I'm watching out for you. I've got you. I'm with you. And that moment... I now was not alone in my grief or abandoned in it. I was with him in it. Mm -hmm. And everything changed. We partnered. We partnered. So when I partnered with God, I thought, if you're with me, I'm going to be okay. If you have compassion, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to walk. You're with me in it all. And it just began another deep, completely deep, deeper intimacy. So here my, he brought my son into my life, changed my life, brought me into that intimacy of him meeting my needs, birthed a ministry out of that. Mm. Now he takes my son 
Now I'm invited into another deeper part of intimacy because of death. Yeah, it's good. And now there's something being birthed because of his death for others. So it's just kind of this remarkable thing. I I, I don't know. And it's been six years. It's, It's still grueling. Yeah. I miss him every day. Yeah. I, I long for the day. I long for the day that we can be together. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm experiencing a level of love and richness and depth with God I never had before. Yeah. And it's connected me to my son. Hmm. So how I live my life now, I'm with God and God's with Nate. Yeah. So we're really all three together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how I, we're yeah. really, if I'm far from God, I'm far from Nate. That's kind of how yeah. I feel. Like we yeah. are all really together because we have the same dad. Yeah, that's good. So that's how I think of it. Yeah. And the thin space between heaven and earth is very thin. Yeah. I'm more aware of heaven. I live more heavenly minded than yeah, I work with earthly minded, whereas before yeah. I lived earthly minded yeah. in ministry. Yeah, even. that's good. Now I'm heavenly minded. Yeah. I look at it's a supernatural life here. It's, yeah. uh, this isn't our home. So I live. Uh, we are to live in the supernatural. We're lived to live closer to him. And he whose yeah. hope is in heaven purifies himself. Yeah. So more in that realm, which is wonderful. It's the bi-habitational thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're in the world, not of the world. It's, yes. It's it's both and. Yes. Like how to, it's the your kingdom come, your will be done mm-hmm. on earth that is in heaven now, but not fully realized, yes. right? So it's yes. the now and not yet. Yes. It's that constant tension. And so how does that manifest or how has that changed how you sit in the ministry that God's mm-hmm. giving you and the things that you're doing here and now? Mm-hmm. I think that now my hands are just open. <laughs> yeah. um, and... Now I think I'm making myself more available for the one. Mm. So say Bridge of Hope is a busy working thing. Yeah. But I feel like more now, like I want to just be present for the one mm. in front of me. Like yeah, my good. my heart is more I wanna just I'm I'm thinking of heaven. So if this isn't our home, I'm just gonna wanna be loving the one in front of me with the hope of heaven. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it's um, totally a little more does. detached from this here on earth, but more of a ministry of hope of heaven. I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know what I, that looks like. Well, I, I like that you say ministry to the one because I think that that is how Jesus lived his life, right? Yes. It was always about the one, whether he's telling a parable about leaving the 99 to go after the one, or whether he's practically sitting with a woman at a well and having a conversation. Yes. He's never about the masses. He's always about the one, you know, the yes. woman who touched his garment, who had an issue of blood, where there's throngs of people around yes. him. And I think we, in our human nature, and probably also in just the Western evangelical world, we tend to lose the one for the sake of the masses. Yes. And and that's so contradictory to how Jesus modeled mm-hmm. life and love and ministry, right? You know, I, I interviewed a friend of mine, Paul Gates, who's the executive director of River of Life in Oahu, Hawaii. And they're the largest faith-based charity and they feed over a thousand people oh, a day right. and you know yes. it's incredible. And, and one of the things that was so powerful when I was there, because I met a lot of the staff, is that this little ragtag bunch of people on their staff know every person that they feed by name. Yes. They are not yes. just going, you know, because I think we can reduce ministry to the report to the donors at the end mm. of the year or the this, hey, yes. we fed 10,000 people and we did this and we did that. Yes. But my question is, do you know their name? You yes. know, Do you know the yes. name of the man, the woman, the child standing in front of you? Yes. And so... There's something in the intimacy that you experienced and the care that you experienced, being seen, being known, God's presence, even if it was like, I'm just going to be over here. You take your time. It's okay that you're angry. It's okay that you're scared. I'm here. Yes. But that being cared for with that level of intimacy then requires 
me to see and care for people in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so also I'm on kind of an, like I'm on an alert and aware of those who are suffering. So as Jesus saw the widow, she yeah. didn't come to him. Yeah. He saw her and went to her. Yeah, it's good. So I'm aware and and I want to I want to go to the one or be there for the one who is suffering the way he was and the way he was with me. Which is pretty much what you just said. It's so good. So <laughs> and good. so it feels yeah, that's my heart. Um, that's how God has met me. Yeah. So that's where we are today. And now I even have like a meeting with a group of widows. Mm-hmm. Um, things are kind of happening just with the way things are now. There's a lot of a lot of grief and a lot of things going on in our world right now. So I kind of think, wow, Lord, was this your plan? You know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to think about it. But you know yeah. how you think, was this your plan? I'm like, well... I'm here, and this is who I am today, and yeah. this is how you're using yeah. me today, and and it gives me a lot of life. Yeah. So even though things could seem like, oh, it's so heavy, how, you know, you you seem to be around a lot of people who have lost loved ones now. That's so heavy, Sherry. Are you okay? Are you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's very life giving for me because yeah. that's where my heart. God has met my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability and your willingness to share. And thank you for, yeah, just thank you for standing where you're standing the way you're standing there. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) And caring for and um, listening and posturing yourself in a place of surrender and humility Mm. and learning and... um, demonstrating what that looks like. Yeah. God bless you Thank in your ministry you. and your family. Thank you so much. And Bridge of Hope. Thank you so much. And all the so things much. God's doing in and through you. Thank you. Well, before we rush off, to the next thing in our day, I want to take a moment. There's so many things, beautiful things in Sherry's story. And I think probably everyone who's listening, there's something that the Lord has highlighted. It could be the simplicity of just seeing someone, taking notice and being attentive, meeting a basic need can hold a miracle in it. It can be a radical demonstration of love. And I think we in the church can put so much weight on what it looks like to share our faith. And we forget that we are in a culture now of so much loneliness and isolation so much desperation and fear that simple acts of kindness and love without any expectation or manipulation attached can be a profound invitation to meet the God of the universe. And then the power of You and I, when we encounter God's presence, when we experience His love, when our life is changed by something, and the significance when we purpose to do the same, to be the woman at the well and run to the next town and say, look, look what Jesus did for me. He can do the same for you. And Sherry's obedience and intimacy with Jesus and desire to share her Jesus with others has birthed a ministry that has affected hundreds and thousands of people all over the world. So what would it look like if you took the simplicity of your relationship with Jesus and you brought it to him and dreamt with him what kinds of miracles could happen 
in some of the most seemingly mundane things. And finally, when we experience the most excruciating of losses, the death of a loved one, of a child, of a spouse, when we walk through trauma and tragedy, when we feel abandoned and the rug's been pulled out from under us, what does it look like to find God's presence in that place and the miracle when God brings beauty from ashes and brings redemption out of loss and transforms the most excruciating things into some of the most miraculous things. So Father, in Jesus' name, we just come before you and God, I stand in, we stand in awe of you, in awe of your presence, of your kindness, of your goodness. Lord, I thank you that you are above all things, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and you're the lover of our souls. Lord, I thank you for your radical, intentional, intimate pursuit of each and every one of us. And I thank you for the miracle and the beauty of redemption. Father, would you meet every son and every daughter who is listening right now? God, would you cover them in your grace? Shore them up with your presence. Strengthen, protect, comfort, and heal. Lord, give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you and capacity to trust you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast. And if you would like to learn more about Sherry and the Bridge of Hope San Diego, you can visit them at bridgeofhopesd.org. That's bridgeofhopesd.org. You can also click the link in the episode notes. Also, if you want to learn more about Stockton Ministries and the other projects produced by our ministry. In addition to this podcast, you can visit us at StocktonMinistries.com. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to support the production of this podcast and other projects developed by Stockton Ministries. I hope that you have an amazing week, that you have an amazing Christmas, it's right around the corner, and that you know that you are seen, that you are known and you are loved. We'll see you next time in the sacred space.